From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCanio! tell you you guys are getting better with your applauses and your greetings and your welcomes and we do welcome you to another edition of the queen's new yorker it is thursday november 19th 2020 we are exactly seven days to thanksgiving day and we'll have our big turkey episode for you because it's going to be a rock'em sock'em uh episode who knows which uh tunnel we're going to be talking about we're wrapping up um i don't know if it's going to be the finale today but we're on part three we're in the, still on our series of bridges and tunnels folks we're having episode 148 and the episodes keep climbing two more episodes away from 150 and today we're doing part three of our tunnel series that started with a look of course at the brooklyn battery tunnel yeah give it up give it up Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Oh, yeah. I- I'm-, I'm getting excited. And don't forget, um, this Sunday... On the Legacy of Queens, if I didn't mention it all, all over the place, and I'll mention it again, our legacy on for episode number five will be the legendary man who's been singing for the last 80-some-odd years of his life, and he's still doing well. He's 94 years of age, and uh, he's on his well, he's well on his way to 100, almost to top out Frank Sinatra and George Burns. I'm talking about Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, folks. So stay tuned for that on the Legacy of Queens this coming Sunday, episode number five. Okay? So let's jump right into our series again, part three. We'll look at the opening in the later years right now. All of the information comes from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, and, of course, we'll talk about making a financial contribution to this great show of ours here on Anchor, Spotify, and all of the uh, platforms that we're on. Okay? So... The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel opened to traffic on May 25th of 1950 with a ceremony officiated by Mayor William O'Dwyer and part of the Brooklyn-Queens Expressway along Hicks Street from the Battery Tunnel north to Atlantic Avenue opened the same day. Now at the time, the Brooklyn Daily Eagle described the Battery Tunnel as the nation's largest, most modern underwater vehicle tunnel which took three minutes to traverse from end to end. The Eagle also estimated that the tunnel cost $736 for every linear inch that was built. 
with a cost of $80 million. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was also dubbed the most expensive tunnel in the United States. It was expensive enough that the TBTA had been forced to look around the world for a company that could cover the tunnel's $33.5 million insurance policy. So, however, the cost was expected to be counterbalanced in part through the 35 cent tolls and the time savings afforded. Truckers at Bush Terminal, located south of the tunnel's portal, predicted that they would save 35 minutes a day and $1 million a year by driving through the tunnel. Within the first five and a half hours of its opening, 10,563 motorists had paid a toll to use the tunnel. 40,000 motorists used the tunnel within the first day, and at that rate, it was estimated that the tunnel might see 14 million vehicles per year, 40% more than originally estimated. This was in spite of the fact that traffic speeds were limited to 40 miles per hour, which reduced throughput. The 1,050-spot garage above the tunnel's northern portal opened a little more than a month after the tunnel opened, and during the battery tunnel's first year of operation... The tunnel grossed nearly $5.5 million in toll revenues, and according to Cairo, exceeded its $15 million annual vehicle capacity. Another analysis by the Brooklyn's Daily Eagle found that 13.86 million vehicles had used the tunnel in its first year. That was lower than Cairo's estimate, but higher than both the TBTA's initial estimate of 10 million vehicles per year and expert forecasts of 8 million annual vehicles. Some road infrastructure projects at both ends of the tunnel were completed shortly after the tunnel opened. The first associated project to be completed was the Battery Park underpass on the Manhattan side, which opened in April of 1950. Two months later, officials opened a ramp on the Brooklyn side, which led from the southbound tunnel lanes to the northbound Brooklyn-Queens Expressway. The Battery Park underpass was connected to the East River Drive elevated viaduct, and thus to the FDR Drive in May of 1954. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel Project also entailed the restoration of Battery Park, which opened or reopened in 1952 after a 12-year shutdown. The tubes were designed for two lanes in each direction. This was changed in 1956 when the Brooklyn-bound Western Tube was changed to handle bi-directional traffic during morning rush hours, owing to heavy rush hour traffic congestion. A northbound high-occupancy vehicle lane was later added during the morning rush hours, and it led from Staten Island to Manhattan via the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, the Gowanus Expressway, and the Battery Tunnel. A large volume of tunnel drivers also used the garage on the Manhattan side, so in 1965, plans were made to expand the garage. The expanded garage, which was completed in 1968, had 2,126 spots, the city also built a new 278-spot garage nearby for short-term parking. 1957, workers performing maintenance on the tunnel observed that the tiled ceiling in the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was leaking. About 10,000 square foot of the 360,000 square foot of ceiling was found to have corroded. The TBTA restored the tube ceilings starting in 1959 at a cost of $250,000. In 1971, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was designated Interstate 478 in preparation for the Westway Project, which would reconstruct the West Side Highway to Interstate Highway Standards. Although the project was canceled in 1985, the I-478 designation 
still exists and is contiguous with the entirety of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. However, I-478 is not posted on any public signage. The Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was closed completely after the September 11, 2001 attacks due to the proximity of the Manhattan portal to the World Trade Center site. Although many major crossings within the city were also closed following the attacks, they reopened relatively quickly, albeit with high occupancy vehicle restrictions during rush hours. The western tube of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel was the first part of the tunnel to reopen in October of 2001 and carried only southbound traffic. However, the West Side Highway was closed to traffic south of Canal Street, some 30 blocks north of the tunnel portal, and part of the highway had been destroyed during the attacks. Consequently, officials feared that traffic in the tunnel would be backed up at least 40 blocks if the highway was reopened. As a result, work started on a temporary roadway leading from the highway to the tunnel. The northbound tube, which reopened in March of 2002, was the last crossing in Manhattan to reopen. In 2010, New York state legislatures voted to rename the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel after former Governor Hugh Carey. The tunnel was officially renamed the Hugh L. Carey Tunnel on October 22, 2012. Less than a week after the tunnel was officially renamed, it was closed in preparation for Hurricane Sandy, making the first ever weather-related closure for the tunnel. It was subsequently flooded after a severe storm surge. The Hugh L. Carey Tunnel reopened in November 13th following a cleanup process that included the removal of an estimated 86 million U.S. gallons of water. It had been the last New York City river crossing to open, to reopen. The flooding resulted from Hurricane Sandy demonstrated how flood-prone the tunnel was. Since the sea level around the tunnel had risen 9 inches since its opening in 1951, and the portals were located on very low land to begin with. The MTA subsequently began testing inflatable dams at the tunnel's portals. In October of 2017, a pair of 25-ton floodgates were installed on the Manhattan side openings of the Hugh L. Carey Tunnel. The main floodgates were supposed to be accompanied by a pair on the Brooklyn side, as well as a seawall. This combined project was 63% complete as of March of 2018 for the MTA report. 2017 to 2018, the tiled walls in the Queens Midtown and Brooklyn Battery Tunnels were replaced due to damage suffered during Hurricane Sandy. The retiled white walls have gold and blue stripes representing the official state colors of New York. Controversy arose over the cost of retiling the tunnels, which was a cost that it combined $30 million because of the ongoing transit crisis at the time. And there you have it, folks, the conclusion of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. There you have it. It is done. The history is done. Yes, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, wonderful. Very nice. Okay. Well, 
We're looking at the next tunnel that's going to be um, looking, we'll be looking at is the next major tunnel in the series is going to be the Queens Midtown Tunnel, and that's going to be a biggie, and that's going to start Saturday. So this should be fun and really take us through Thanksgiving week right uh, right through the heart of it. So hope you'll stay tuned for all the parts because it's going to be a good one. All right? Well, let me tell you before we end how you can be a um, – committed monthly subscriber to the podcast here on the Queens New Yorker show. As you know, Anchor uh, sets up eight platforms for us. We're on eight platforms. And let me give you the platforms um, that basically you can find us on if you don't have a Spotify account. If you are a, uh, uh, if you're have an iPhone, you can listen to us on Apple Podcast. We are also on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast. We're on Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Copy RSS as well as Spotify. Okay? And if you would like to make a monthly financial contribution to future episodes here on the Queens New Yorker, all you got to do is go to the main page at uh, anchor.fm slash the Queens New Yorker. Hit the support button, and it'll give you all the details. You can donate $0.99 a month, $4.99, or $9.99. Now, I haven't come up with any kind of a bonus for donation, but it's real simple. Put your name, your email, and, of course, your card number. That's all you got to do. And let me tell you more about Anchor Payments because they're very important to us and they help us get basically, um, you know, get, help us get more uh, quality programming for you. And when we get out of the series on bridges and tunnels and go to something new, we'll look at some things that are very interesting that you would want to support. You can also leave a message as well, too. You can send me a voice message. <laughs> Uh, at any time, telling us about how you feel about the show or what you'd like to see in the future for episodes. Whatever the case, drop us a line, tell us how you feel, and, you know, give us, to, give us some feedback. And I'd like to thank all of the Facebook groups that have continued to support us. Uh, may not be financially, but they continue to support and watch the shows. And that is, of course, the ones for... Ozone Park, Richmond Hill. Uh, we also have in Woodhaven. And I think I think that's about it for right now. So we've got about three cities, uh, give or take, that pretty much um, make up the bulk of our audience. And we're, we're grateful for that. Thank you very much for your continued support, folks. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Queens New Yorker. Episode 148 comes to a close on this Thursday, this November 19th, 2020. We hope that you have had a great time with us here today on this program. We will see you Saturday for the new series that starts, Queens Midtown Tunnel. I'm Jason Icanio, hoping that you will have a great rest of the day up to the weekend. For now, have a great day. 
Bye-bye. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio Internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank you.